Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Friday Night Lights. Here we go. CK on Sports. It is Fox Sports Radio as we get ready for, I believe it's week four. The Pack Meter is in studio right now. Nick, week four, high school football. Looking at your top ten Let's go through team by team, and let's start with the biggest matchup of the week, Liberty and Buchanan. Yes, sir. Buchanan traveling this year to Liberty. This is a semifinal rematch where Liberty went to Buchanan and knocked them off, and then it went in the Central Section Championship. So this is the best versus the best. I don't care what anyone says. This is one. Liberty's one. Buchanan, two. They're the two best teams, EK. So something's got to give. Both teams got really good offenses. Both teams got really good defenses. So I'm excited for this one. Now, this is so interesting because so far this season, we've seen some pretty good matchups early in the year. So you get Liberty Buchanan this week, and then it gets even better next week. And then you look at teams like, let's say, Clovis West, who's undefeated, who may be sitting there going, wait a minute, Pack Meter, how come you don't have us in the top one or two? Well, Clovis West season starts this week. They're going to play the Bullard Knights. This is the first game they're going to actually play a team that has a really good defense. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, Ridgeview. Sorry, uh, Turlock and, and Lamore. Sorry, your defenses were not good against Clovis West. So, Bullard is young. They've been they do great for three quarters, but they run out of gas. But mm. this week they'll be fired up, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how good Clovis West is. All right, let's go back to the number three team. The Memorial Panthers. Now they have the Holy Bowl, which everybody's excited for. But did that Memorial team kind of look past the team from Arizona last week? I sure hope they didn't. I tried to tell everybody that the, the Queen Creek from Arizona. The, and by the way, that was their first game of the year. Arizona gets it. They start football the first week of practices in August. We don't. They're not July like we are. Mm-hmm. And they came out and played great defense, and they shut the run game down. And Memorial. They went for it. This is crazy. They were, Memorial was leading. Memorial goes for it fourth and inches, but they run it from the shotgun, CK. If you're going to run fourth and inches, you better be under center or go wildcat with right. Brando. Right. And they didn't, and they and they, they gave the, turned the ball over, and Queen Creek beat them. And so Memorial now has got the Holy Bowl. I don't know if it was a letdown, but Memorial's got to realize that every game now, the next week's Buchanan, someone's going to be firing for them. Yeah, like I said, you have a great game this week with Liberty and Buchanan, and then next week you get Memorial and Buchanan. Uh, but speaking of Memorial, a team that they beat earlier this year, the Central Grizzlies. Central is going down to, I want to say, Santa Barbara. Is that where they're playing this yep, week? Yep, they're going to play Bishop Diego. They're the Cardinals. They're a really, really good football team. So, yes, that's going to be a good one. What about number five, Hanford, the Bullpups? They're 3-0. and They're taking on Frontier. Give me your kind of breakdown of this game. I definitely want to hear about Daniel Gomez. Daniel Gomez would be starting on any other team in the central section. He's a sophomore 6'1 kid. Kid mirrors out until homecoming. So 
I, Hanford Nation, your quarterback, your senior quarterback leader will be fine. He's just got a little tear in the shoulder, so he's going to take a few weeks off. But this kid is legit. I think uh, Hanford's going to focus on the run game, try to pound it downhill. Frontier's got a really good defense. Does Frontier have enough offense? That's the key. Looking at number six, we already talked about Clovis West. They're taking on Bullard. I'm curious to know what you think about Saunders, man. I think that guy may be one of the best players in the entire area. Oh, and, and forget, don't forget about Mr. Wright, Landon Wright, and Priero. They have, the, they have the three best receivers in the central section together. And so if you're Mark Herring, if you're Tyler Patrick, whoever the quarterback is, get the ball. They lead the state in after, if the catch after, after the catch mm-hmm. on yards. They're legit. So Memorial, I mean, uh, Bullard has their hands full. I don't know. This is going to be a tough one on the Bullard defense. Well, I mean, it makes you ask the question, could the Golden Eagles be heading into the Buchanan game with a record of 5-0, and and what is that stadium going to look like if you get an undefeated Clovis West team going up against a perennial powerhouse like Buchanan? So true. If they knock off the Knights, they got next week, and there's a little team called the Edison Tigers yes. who gets to play yes. the Clovis West Golden Eagles, and they're good. They they. Edison is the sleeper team in Division One. They've right. got talent everywhere. I like their uh, their senior. I want to say uh, his last name is Vance. Yeah, Leve- he's one of the best quarterbacks. He's no one even knows this kid, and he's probably the top five best quarterbacks in the section. All right, we'll get to that game a little bit later on, and what the Tigers are going to be doing this week. Uh, but let's talk about a team that I'm a little bit confused by. Look, I believe CVC is going to beat Clovis North, but is Clovis North good? Are they bad? Or what's up with the Broncos this year? I think the Broncos played their best game last week, and I think they're playing. They're playing. Everyone's coming back. They've been injured. They've okay. got their team coming back. This is the first time that CVC's ever played a track team. You know they're going to be fired up. Well, do you think that we're going to see the Clovis North team from week one who got blanked by San Joaquin Memorial? Or are you saying, well, you know what, their injured players are back, and you're going to see a completely different Clovis North team? To me, if the CVC can can contain the Bronco running game, that'll be the big key. Now, CVC's defense is just as good as Memorial's defense, and Memorial's stuffed Clovis North. This team, now, when when the world ended two years ago, everyone started thinking, I got to go to I got to go to the private schools. Right. And CVC is now a player. They are legit. Their offense, defense. You're gonna you're gonna see a true team that, but they can only play in Division Two because they're based in three. So everyone, Pag Meter, how come they're not in Division One? Now they can't because you can only go one or one down in in your base division. So CBC's real the real deal. Hey, talking about private schools, let's talk about St. Joseph's. That's another one. Now the, in the thirty day yeah. transfer rule, you you could get ten new players like they did last year. St. Joseph's legit, and they got their hands full this week against a very state powerhouse. Uh, they're going to play Newberry, and they just beat Crespi like 50-7. to seven. Mm-hmm. This team's legit, and St. Joe's got their hands full. We already kind of talked about Frontier. They're at number nine. They're taking on the Hanford Bullpups. And let's wrap up the top ten discussion with the Centennial Golden Hawks taking on Ridgeview. Give me a breakdown there. Centennial is, is they're 3-0. and They've got one of the best offenses. I think they're going to be 6-0 and heading to Liberty. This team is legit, so you – I'm telling you, beware. Centennial Golden Hawks are the real deal. They're big on offense. They've got a great quarterback. They've got a, a run game. They've got a great defense. Of the remaining teams that you see that are undefeated in our section, whether it's Kingsburg, whether it's Edison, whoever it may be, it could be Mission Oak, who do you like as a team that by the end of the year you're going to say, 
They're undefeated right now, but they're getting even better. I think Lompoc, if you're listening in the Central Coast, I think they're going to be 9-0 and when they go play uh, St. Joe's in the final uh, week to week 11. This team is legit. they got the number one quarterback in the country right now. Kevin Ross leads the country in touchdown passes with 17. Wow. And, it, and they are just legit, and no one even knows about them. They are going to be a high two seed because they're based in D3. And, and you, don't get don't leave out Mission Oak as well. They got a big date next week against CBC, so CBC's got their hands full. Everybody wants to take down CBC, and Mission Oak wants to be in line next week. You have a lot of really good games lined up. Mission Oak against CBC that's next week, but then you also could have Lompoc six and zero going into a game against Mission Prep. I just think that there's so many games. It's unbelievable how good. High school football is lining up to be in the area. Mission Prep is another one. Five, four years ago, they were eight-man football. Now they're playing in D2, D3. They're a legit private school on the Central Coast. You're right. You can't look past Mission Prep. If they get their defense going, they can beat. They can compete with Lompoc. I don't know if they can beat them. Mm-hmm. Is there any team that you look to right now and you say, you know what, their record doesn't indicate how good they truly are, and by the end of the year – you guys better watch out because early in the season, they may not have had it together, but when they have about five, six games under their belt, this team's going to be able to start rolling. That would be your Bakersfield drillers. They're 0-2 right now. They had some uh, disciplinary issues they, uh, at the first game of the year when they got crushed by Buchanan. Six starters were out. Last year, the same thing. Coach G, he's got it going on. It was the perfect time for a bye. Keep an eye on the drillers. They got the best running back, Tybo Rogers, in the section. They're going to be good. Uh, I'm just excited to see what the drillers do from now on. You know, we talked about the Holy Bowl earlier, but I want to end with this. This is going to be the 68th meeting between Lee Moore and Sanger. Sanger leads this series 33-31-3. I mean, this is going to be a good one. And Sanger, they definitely want to try to get a W. Yeah, Sanger is is a team that I really thought they'd be good good off to a better start. And Lamore wants to get off. They only got trounced last week to Clovis West. This is a big one for both teams. I think Lamar has the edge because they have a better offense. Another team, CK, keep an eye on in the South Valley if you're listening on 970. Tehachapi Warriors, Ah, they're going to play Wasco this week in yes. a huge game. I think Tehachapi is the team, is the sleeper team. They're big and physical this year. So keep an eye on the Tehachapi Warriors. I love what's going on. Week four, high school football. And then we're going to start getting into some really good conference games in the next few weeks. There he is, the godfather of central section sports, of high school sports, the PAG meter. Nick, thank you so much for coming in. And, of course, let them know when they can check out the PAG meter, when they can get the predictions, when they can get the breakdowns, all that stuff. You can get go to the PAG meter, thepagmeter.com, thepagmeter.com, or follow me on Twitter. I'll keep you updated. And, CK, just being with the Hall of Famer, CK, this has been exciting <laughs> for me. Hey, I want to tell everybody this. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The one thing that I'm completely blown away by is he did this entire segment with not one note in front of him. 
Everything he did was completely off the dome. I'm blown away. It's blown away. It's really sad that I know I can't get home at night, but I know about the tranquility <laughs> defensive backfield. <laughs> oh, there he is, the Pag Meter. Make sure you check them out every Friday right here on Fox Sports Radio. We're going to come right back, and we're going to talk some Fresno State football with the voice of the Bulldogs, Paul Leffler, next. Feeling good on this Friday as we get ready for Fresno State versus Oregon State. Big game, Valley Children's Stadium is going to be going down. Fresno State, Oregon State, sold-out crowd. I mean, there's a handful of tickets left. If you can find them, get them. Paul Leffler, the voice of the Bulldogs, joining us right now. Paul, what's up? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Big game tomorrow, a game that we've had circled on the calendar for quite some time. Oh, man, absolutely. And so have the Beavers. You know, I was talking to some folks up in Oregon this last week, and uh, they've had this game circled for a long time. It's kind of like how Fresno State felt for so many years about Boise State before that, you know, 2018 championship game. The Beavers are still mad about the Bulldogs derailing their big seasons in 01 and 03. So uh, they're pretty hungry for this one, and it doesn't hurt that their head coach was the quarterback in that unforgettable 2001 beatdown at Bulldog Stadium. You know, when you look at this matchup, there's so many connections. And then you look at last week's games, Fresno State 35-7 against Cal Poly. Oregon State, thanks to so many turnovers, uh, handled Boise State fairly easily. What are your thoughts about this matchup and the way that it's all going to play out? Man, I think it's a four-quarter game, CK. Unless the Bulldogs can really punch the Beavers in the mouth early and create some turnovers and generate some separation on the scoreboard. I think this is going to come down to performance under pressure. You know, it may be very similar to what we saw in the Rose Bowl last year where, you know, Jay Kaner and the offense had to make big plays and the defense had to come up big. Maybe it's a special teams play in this one, a blocked punt, a blocked field goal, a kick return to the house that Bulldog fans have been waiting for for a decade and a half. It's going to be one of those games where the margin between victory and defeat, I think, is very slim. And you look at that defensive backfield for Oregon State, the one thing I will say is Remigio and, of course, well, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to call him Remigio. I'm going to call him Nico because, like I said last week, there's one person I'm going to give a one name to, and that's Nico. So Nico and I think the Jalen Cropper, they're, they're going to have their hands full. I mean, those are two NFL-caliber defensive backs on the other side of the line there. Well, and those are two NFL-caliber receivers. Yes. Definite NFL, you know elusive ability and yeah that is a fascinating matchup uh, i think you know the as as sexy as that is and as exciting as those playmakers are line play is going to be huge in this mm-hmm. the strength of oregon state's team is its offensive line but how's fresno state's offensive line going to play can they protect jay Kaner to give him enough time to rifle those balls in there to those playmakers if they can i think we see jake add another notch on that Pac-12 belt and write another chapter of his history. And, you know, more importantly, the Red Wave have something to really get excited about. I just can't wait to feel the crowd. You know, a sellout crowd can be felt from the top of your scalp to the tips of your toes. You know, Jim Sweeney got him singing that Bulldog Spirit song all those years ago where it's all over you. And if you're in the stadium tomorrow night, it's going to be all over you. You're going to feel it. You're going to remember it. And I know the Bulldogs are fired up and focused. And that's one thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about the fact that we would like to see people in their seats 
no later than 715, 720. We want you to be in there to watch the dogs come down the ramp. We want you to be in there for kickoff. We don't want you to straggle in around uh, 745 after you hear some cheers from the stadium. We want you in there to be a part of it from the very beginning. Exactly. You know, send a message. And it's, it's not just the intimidation factor for the Beavers coming down the ramp and walking through the Red Mile. It's the encouragement factor for the Bulldogs. What does it mean to them when they look up and they see that student section popping, right? And they hear that power drive song and they see all the students with their thumbs up having the arms chopping, you know, down with the thumbs up and that power drive motion. It's like it's an energy throughout the stadium. You know, later on when the wave makes its way around or somebody gets the Fresno State chant going from one side of the stadium to the other. It's one of those things that, you know, young and old remember forever. And hopefully the Bulldogs can put together the kind of performance that they want to remember forever. You know, we have to talk about Oregon State a little bit. They got out to a 24-0 halftime lead on Boise State. They cruised to a 34-17 win. Chance Nolan threw the ball well. The running game was good enough. Their defense forced some turnovers. But Chance Nolan is not Jake Hayner. I think the key to this game, especially for the Bulldogs, is going to be, like you said, line play, the protection. But Jake Hayner has to be just as workmanlike and efficient as he was last week. Absolutely. I mean, he was incredibly accurate last week. I think the biggest thing is he has to take care of the ball. And, you know, when it comes to defense, Oregon State's play-action game is really strong. And there's really not much margin for error there. If you, you know, if you take your eyes off your assignment, let's say you're in man in the secondary, and you say, uh-oh, looks like a run play, and you, you leave your guy for just that split second, that's too long. He's gone. He's past you. You don't have any help in that situation. And that's a big play for the Beavers. Their play-action game is a huge part of their offense. So the Bulldogs have to be really, really disciplined, you know, whether they're in man or zone. They have to be really disciplined in the secondary and across the board defensively because this is a, a dangerous, physical, savvy Oregon State team. You know, Pat and Cam said it earlier in the week. I think it's really true. The more I see Oregon State, they're very reminiscent of some of Pat Hill's Bulldogs team yeah. uh, with the way they want to attack you. And I'm looking forward to seeing the physicality. Does Fresno State have somebody who can bring some physicality to this battle that wakes the Beavers up a little bit or, or makes them shake in their boots a little bit. I'm not saying Kendall Edwards wake up, but, you know, something fierce enough to get the Beavers' attention. And, you know, I think the reason why we're talking about this game so intensely is because it's going to be an intense matchup. You're going to be introduced to people like Luke Musgrave. You're going to see Jaden Grant. You're going to see Alex Austin. You're going to see Rajon Wright. These are all people that made an impact. Five turnovers last week for that turnover chainsaw defense. I mean, is the the turnover chainsaw is going to be inside uh, Bulldog Stadium? We don't want to see that thing all night. <laughs> no, it's, uh, let's find out where the plug is or get gas <laughs> from it, depending on how that one works. But, you know, I'm fired up for Bulldog Boulevard and seeing some of the fans yes. out there. Yes. Our friend Scott Barnes, who is just an all-time great Bulldog on the basketball court and one of the top-notch administrators in college sports. I mean, he's as classy a guy as you're going to find anywhere. And uh, he loves his alma mater. So he said he's going to come hang out on the stage with you, CK. I'll bring him over. And he's probably wearing orange and black instead of Bulldog red. But 
He will be next to the Club Red tailgate, so maybe we can sneak him in there for a minute. Waking up tomorrow and knowing that it's going to be in the 90s, I mean, that's a godsend right there. Yeah, with how hot it's been this week, man. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a real nice night at the stadium. You know, it's going to be a special weekend for the Seahawks. It's a big-time battle. They need to be on their game, offense, defense, special teams. But that's why I think it's it's really – comforting and reassuring to know who the head coach is and what this coaching staff is made of. So very true, and we got to make sure that people are in their seats by 7-15, 7-20, so that way Oregon State can feel the energy of Valley Children's Stadium, Bulldog Stadium, breathing down their necks. Okay, I've got to figure it out, because like anybody I've run into in the last week who heard our broadcast last week said, hey, are you and Cam really going to get Coach Hill to skydive into the stadium with the Bulldog Blitz and a tandem jump? Mm. Boy, I don't know. But ha- how about this? What if we got Coach Hill to promise that if enough Bulldog fans were in the stadium before kickoff, that's the bar, is it 30,000, is it 35,000? If we get the stadium full to a certain threshold before kickoff, then he guarantees he'll jump in in a parachute with the Bulldog Blitz. That may be enough. I mean, the fan base wow. that enough that that may put it over the top. You know what? I think you're on to something. I think that's the very first thing that we bring up once we hit the stage tomorrow and we see what he says. But you know what? I think that's a great idea. And we set the bar pretty high. I, I say 30, 35,000, 35,000. I just don't want to put him in a bad move before kickoff, you know? So. <laughs> I don't know if that should be the first thing we hit him with, but it, I think it may work. And let's see, maybe the fans don't need that. I mean, there are – Fresno State fans are fantastic. Maybe they don't need that extra carrot. But uh, I just can't wait, man. It's going to be a special night at Valley Children's Stadium. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, it might be one we're talking about for a long time. That's right. Valley Children's Stadium tomorrow night. Fresno State, Oregon State, sellout crowd. Get there early. We're going to have a fantastic time. Enjoy the rest of your Friday, Paul, and I'll see you for the pregame tomorrow. Sounds good, my friend. There you go. The voice of the Fresno State Bulldogs, Paul Leffler, as we count down the kickoff tomorrow, Fresno State, Oregon State, sold-out Valley Children's Stadium. Man, it's going to be good. And we're going to come right back and talk to your boy Q. We're talking NFL and Raider football next. We're back, CK on Sports. Time to talk Raiders football. Time to talk NFL football. Your boy Q joining us for his weekly segment with us. What's up, boy? Man, you got it. You got it. On the eve of uh, another season getting underway, at least for the Raiders, right? Come on, man. I know you have to be excited. I mean, NFL kicked off last night. The Bills put a whooping on the Rams. I mean, a lot of people have been saying it from the very beginning. And you know what? I was one of those guys that last year I said the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. This year I said the same thing again. I didn't expect to see what I saw last night. And Josh Allen showed the world why he's an MVP candidate. 
Yeah, he really did. Shout out to Josh Allen. Shout out to Fresno, California, Reedley College. Yes. It's so funny, man. During the game, my mom actually texted me and said, hey, that Josh Allen guy is really good. Where is he from? And I said, the 5-5-9. Five, five, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, the 5-5-9. Five, five, <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. But, yeah, Josh Allen, man, he, he uh, held it down. And the Bills are a hell of a team, man. And I think what you saw from them on Thursday night was, there's a lot of veterans. There's a lot of guys that return, you know, because you don't know what you're going to see the first week in, in, in the regular season. A lot of these guys don't play in preseason, but these guys were a well-oiled machine. And let's look at the Rams, man. Let's make no mistake about it. They lost a lot. They yeah. lost a lot of guys on the offensive line. They lost a lot of players. I mean, they, they're not returning the same team that won them the Super Bowl just a few months ago. So uh, Buffalo let everyone know who they were. They put it on the big stage last night. It was fun to watch. And, you know, it's one week of the season, so I'm not going to overreact, but Everyone knows the Buffalo Bills are going to be a tough out every time they uh, they have to play them. And you look at that defense. When you add Von Miller, you also have Micah Hyde out there. You have to think to yourself, this defense is led by veterans. Von Miller, he had two sacks last night. I know it was kind of bittersweet for him to go to SoFi. I mean, he just won a Super Bowl with the Rams, but he went in there, did his job. And that addition of Von Miller on that Bills defense, it definitely is going to pay dividends this year. It really will. And the thing about Vaughn is he's that guy that could just pin his ears back and go to work, right? I mean, he's not a guy that, uh, you know, has to do a whole lot of different things. He knows what he's hired for. He's a guy that get after the quarterback. There's an X on the quarterback's back, and Vaughn Miller, his job is to go get him. And there's a reason why he's one of the best sack artists in the league and a Hall of Famer, a guy who's going to be in Canton, Ohio one day when he's ready to go there because he knows how to get to the quarterback. So he sees the offensive lineman in front of him. He doesn't mind how big the guy is, how strong the guy is, how good of a technician he is. Because Von Miller says, you know what, I'm just a little bit better, right? I can bend a little bit lower, I'm a little bit faster, and I'm a little bit stronger as far as I'm concerned. And that's what he does, man. He gets up to the quarterback. It's always been fun to watch him, you know, no matter where he was playing, Denver, L.A., now in Buffalo, he is just that guy. So yeah. even Texas A&M, man, he was great when he was in the Aggies. So Von Miller, man, you just got to appreciate what you're seeing when he goes out there each and every game. Well, let's go ahead and start talking about the Raiders. Let's talk about week one. I mean, the one thing the NFL did was a masterful job of giving us matchups that we wanted to see and divisional matchups. I mean, a matchup like last night, I mean, that was a perfect way to start the season, open with the Super Bowl champs against a team that is favored or one of the teams favored to win the Super Bowl. Great matchup last night. I mean, the Bills showed why they are the Bills and why a lot of folks are saying they're going to represent the AFC. But... There's some other teams in the AFC, and let's talk about the Raiders. Let's talk about that matchup against the Chargers because the AFC West, if they have anything to say about it, the Bills ain't making the Super Bowl. I'm telling you right now, man, the AFC West is so loaded, but the thing about it is every game is going to matter. Yes. I mean, uh, this game against the Chargers, of course, you want to win because, well, you want to win every game, but, I mean, that's a division opponent. You remember how it happened, how the season ended a year ago at, at Allegiant Stadium, week 18 with the Raiders and Chargers, how important that game was. Whoever wins is going to the playoffs. Yes. Whoever doesn't is, is staying home, you know, and so uh, these divisional games are so important. AFC conference games are so important, so for the Raiders and Joshua Daniels' new coaching staff to get a, off to a good start on, on Sunday at a, at, a, at a SoFi is so important, man. And, you know, I just, I've just i been out here at practice every single day. I've been at training camp and at these preseason games, and the team looks like a well-oiled machine, you know. And everything looks good. But like my grandmother said, just because it looks good and feels good don't mean it is good, right? Yeah. So, I mean, when, you know, when push comes to shove, we'll see what happens when the lights come on bright on Sunday. But uh, everything, man, there's high expectations in this building right now for the Silver and Black. So I'm interested to see how it gets started. 
Well, we know that Leatherwood is gone. You have yep. to protect Carr. I mean, that's going to be one of the biggest question marks going into the season. Talk about that offensive line. Yeah, that offensive line is probably the biggest question mark. You know, I mean, the Raiders have talent all over the team, but can that offensive line be worth the salt and really hold up and protect Derek Carr? Because all the weapons he has won't matter, and even the run game won't matter if they can't open up some holes and protect Carr. So uh, I'm looking at Jermaine Illuminor at the right tackle position and then uh, Lester Cotton at the right guard position. Those two guys were not there last year, so how can they step their game up and help solidify this offensive line? And what can Josh McDaniels do as well? You know, what can he do as – the offensive play caller, the guy who can, you know, get the ball out of Carr's hands pretty quickly and dial up something, maybe to get some running backs to chip or tight ends to chip. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to play this game. It's, it's, check, it's chess, not checkers, right? So yeah. Josh McDaniels has to be on his A game to be able to assist that offensive line, especially early on. I think it's going to take a little while for them to gel. They didn't have the same five offensive linemen at all playing throughout the course of the preseason, so they really haven't had a time to bond. They have to do that, and they got to do it on the fly. So I think you're going to see some assistance from running backs and tight ends if they can hold up. And they don't have to be solid. They don't have to be the best offensive line. They just have to be good enough, right? If they're good enough to allow Carr to cook a little bit, mm-hmm. good things could happen for the Raiders. But, they, again, the offensive line has got to show that they can do it, at least, like I said, be good enough. And you know what? This is a very stiff first test. I mean, when you talk about Joey yep. Bosa and Khalil Mack, I yep. mean, that's not going to be an easy task. But you're right. It's going to come down to the plan and how well that they're prepared to execute the plan with Carr and, of course, all the weapons that you have. Now, the one thing that I will say is you have the weapons. You have the wide receiver group that, I mean, arguably could be the best in the league. Let's talk about the Adams-Carr show, or if you want to call it the Carr-Adams show. But, I mean, we've been seeing this since Fresno State back in the day. A lot of folks are excited to see what they've been doing during the offseason and what they're going to do on Sunday. Yeah, I'm very excited about seeing that that matchup or that uh, that combination. You know, seeing those two guys back together again, and it, it's so funny that the last time they actually played a game together was in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Bowl. I didn't really realize that until I went back and did some research. They were both at Fresno State and they played in the Las Vegas Bowl against USC, and of course they lost that game. But that was the last time they actually played together. So I'm so excited to see what it looks like when they get out there on the turf. I've seen what it looks like in training camp. I've seen what it looks like in practice. But in a game setting, we haven't got to see it yet. So uh, I'm excited to see how quickly they can get on the same page. The one thing I know about this, uh, these two guys is not only are they great friends on the field, they're great friends off the field. And I think there's something to be said about that, right? I think there's something to be said about knowing your brother, knowing what to expect from your guy, knowing that – CK, I can look at you a certain way and you know what I'm thinking, or you can look at me a certain way and I know what you're thinking, right? There's something to that, and that's uh, that's what made Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams so special, that they didn't have to bark out any signals. They didn't have to say anything. They were able to just have body language. Okay, I know what Aaron wants me to do. I think that's what's going to happen. The, quick, the quicker that they can make that happen, where Carr and Adams can be on the same page and understand what each other wants to do just by looking at each other or, or making out some dummy calls, that's when they're going to really be effective. And I think it starts on Sunday. I really do. You know, you talked about Aaron Rodgers and you talked about Devontae Adams and the relationship that they had. And just so you know, I'm I'm over it. I'm over the fact that uh, the Raiders now have Devontae Adams. I finally actually have admitted to different people. And I'll admit to you right now, I'm rooting for Devontae Adams. I like Devontae Adams a lot. I want to see him be successful in the silver and black. So I have already gotten over the fact that he is no longer a Packer, so I can talk about this comfortably. But I've said it, it to the side, so that way I can look at this objectively. 
Now, <laughs> you talk about the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and I have to say that I believe that the relationship between Carr and Devontae Adams is going to be even better. I think that their chemistry is going to be better. It's kind of a scary thought. It's almost yeah. like if there was one person that you could bring in to jumpstart Derek Carr and get him going the way that you need him to go. We already know he has a good relationship with Winfro. We already know he has a good relationship with Waller. But watch how well these two play with each other, and I think everybody else is going to be able to eat as well. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. You know, it's so funny. I was reading a piece uh, earlier this week on the relationship between Adams and, and Derek Carr and the fact that Derek Carr started putting the full-court press on Devontae Adams a long time ago. You yeah. know? And, and, I, and I heard those rumors and reports. But actually to see it in paper and read it and even hear or read where it said that, you know, as soon as the Raiders lost that playoff game against the Bengals, he hit up Devontae Adams. Devontae hadn't even played in his playoff game with the Packers against the Niners, which, I mean, again, not trying to rub salt, but, you know, uh, the Packers lost that game. Devontae Adams hadn't even taken the field yet and Carr's already hitting him like, hey, man, what's it going to take to get you here? Right? I mean, that's how much that he wanted. It reminds me of when Draymond Green went out to get Kevin Durant, right? When the Warriors lost. And he hit KD and was like, hey, we need you here. Boom. And then it, we all know how it shook out. For Carr to put that kind of heat on Devontae Adams and keep hitting him and keep hitting him keep hitting him, it was like, man, let's go. Let's make this happen. And for it to end up coming to fruition like it did, I think that's a big deal, right? Yeah. It's a lot about the love that, that Devontae Adams has for Derek Carr and also, obviously, the respect and love that Carr has for Devontae Adams. Another thing that's going to have to happen in this game is you got to make Herbert uncomfortable. You have to be the guy that's giving him the headache versus him giving the Raiders the headache because we've seen that happen time and time again. You have the defensive coordinator in Patrick Graham. What do you think he's going to do with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones to kind of keep them going? Because one question mark on the defense is the secondary, but no one questions Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Right, and you know, that's what I think is going to be key for the Raiders is that everyone's going to be pointing and looking at Max Crosby and Chandler Jones and how can they get to Herbert? How can they make him uncomfortable? I think that the way that they make him uncomfortable is the guys, the big uglies in the middle. I think you're looking at Bilal Nichols. I think you're looking at Andrew Billings. I think you're looking at Jonathan Hankins. Those guys, those defensive tackle guys, those 300-pound-plus dudes, if they can put some pressure, not even pressure on him where he, they're sacking him, but just start to collapse that pocket a little bit so he doesn't have that comfort zone to step up in and make that play. So then all of a sudden, now he's got to try to create, which we know. We saw week 18. Justin Herbert can create. He can run around. He can keep plays alive, and he can find an open receiver. But once he starts getting a little off point, then that's when other guys step in. That's when a Crosby can get a sack maybe a little bit outside the pocket. Maybe a linebacker comes up, a Perryman comes up and gets a hit. I just feel like the way that Patrick Graham has his defense set up, there's going to be a lot of interior pressure, which is going to be key to harassing uh, uh, Justin Herbert and making him a little bit more uncomfortable because you're spot on. For the Raiders to win this game, Herbert has to get uncomfortable. If he's yeah. back there and he's feeling feeling like, hey, I can do whatever I want to do. I'm out here on uh, you know club mid on vacation. Then it's going to be a long day for the silver and black. Another thing that I believe needs to happen, what we saw in the preseason from the Raiders was fantastic. And I know a lot of people are going to say, man, it was just the preseason. They finished undefeated. But what I was more impressed with the fact is that they only committed a total of 13 penalties. That's it. Three yep. in the last two games alone. That needs to continue during the regular season for the Raiders to win these games and especially the big one going up against the Chargers week one. You have to be clean. You have to have 
a game without the silly penalties. Do you believe that Josh McDaniels has brought in a different mindset and that was just the beginning in the preseason? Or do we say, you know what? We were undefeated, only 13 penalties, that's the preseason. Let's see what happens when Sunday comes around. No, I fully believe that that's going to be the new style of Raider football that Raider Nation is going to have to get used to. And nobody, including myself, is used to seeing that. I'm used to seeing the Raiders have stupid penalties and, and shoot themselves in the foot and, you know, fourth and, and one, and they jump off sides, give the team an automatic first down, or, or even on, on the offensive side of things, third and one, and all of a sudden a false start, then boom, it's fourth and five, fourth and six, and then they got to punt the ball. That was an emphasis, and that was something I asked Josh McDaniels early in camp. I said, hey, man, it seems like you are being – teaching the, the team not to lose as opposed to coaching them to win. And he questioned me on it to make sure I knew what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> and when I broke it down, I said, no, seriously, there's something to that not losing the game as opposed to trying to win the game. You have to stop yourself from losing before you can you know, try to, try to beat the other team. And then he broke it down. It was about a two-and-a-half-minute answer that he gave us, and he was like, yeah, absolutely, that you can't have – stupid mistakes you can't you know get off the field on third and long and then have max crosby hit a, a, a quarterback going out of bounds and that's a penalty it's the first down extends the drive you can't do that stuff and so throughout the course of the preseason you saw like you said 13 penalties you know what else they didn't do they didn't turn the ball over they had ah. no turnovers in four games yeah. with backups in when does that happen with backups in right guys that are fighting for jobs that are going to probably go a little extra and do a little bit more no turnovers you know and just Again, very minimal penalties. They had in their final game, a tight end had a holding penalty on a third and one. The Raiders had picked up the first down. It was a stupid penalty. He didn't have to do that. Guess what? He was cut on Sunday. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just saying, just putting the two and two together. You know, I mean, this is a team that I believe is going to be very disciplined. And for years, as a Raider fan, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm so used to this team shooting themselves in the foot and committing stupid penalties and leading the league of penalties. That's one thing I'm confident that they're going to do this year. I don't know what their record's going to be, but they will not lead the league in penalties. They will not have a bunch of stupid mistakes that they've used to do year on top of year on top of year. It is CK on Sports, Fox Sports Radio, talking with your boy Q. And we're going to come right back and wrap up the show talking more NFL next. All right, welcome back. Final segment of the day. We're talking to your boy Q, CK on Sports. It is Fox Sports Radio. All right, before we let you go, let's talk about the rest of the NFL. What games are you looking forward to seeing this week? What storylines are you following? Of course, you have Baker Mayfield going up against his former team, the Browns. That's a storyline right there. Then, of course, Russell Wilson going up against his former team, the Seattle Seahawks. The NFL, they know how to do it. I mean, I was talking to to David Carr about this. I was like, they think they're slick. They're not fooling me when they have Deshaun Watson coming back against the Texans. Y'all think you're slick. I know what you're doing. Um, But (laughs) with that being said, and looking at the, the lineup of games this week, what games are you keeping an eye on and why? Well, you know, it's funny. I'm checking out Kansas City and the Cardinals. I'm always paying attention to what the AFC West is doing. So the Kansas City Chiefs and Cardinals, uh, obviously the Raiders and Chargers. I'll be at that game at SoFi Stadium, so I'll be checking that out. And then, like you mentioned, Denver going up against Seattle. But that's not all I'm paying attention to. You know, that Panther game, I'm a Matt Rule guy. I've said it for years. I yeah. think he's going to be a lot better this year. I think Baker Mayfield has a lot to prove this year. If they can keep Christian McCaffrey healthy, I know he ended up on the injury report yesterday, but he should be fine. They can keep him healthy. They should be, a, I think, a pretty good team this year. Mm-hmm. I'm paying attention to Tampa Bay and Dallas. That's a Sunday night game that I'm going to be watching. That's the second year in a row that these two teams have started off the season together. Last year was Thursday night football. This year is Sunday night football. I want to see what Dallas is going to do because I don't think they're going to be very good. And I know there's a lot of Cowboy fans there in the 559, but I think that they're going to be, 
I don't. I just don't think they're going to be the team that lives up to the hype, similar to what they kind of always do. It's not right. up to the hype, but there's that. Um, and then the other storyline that I'm looking for just for this season is Lamar Jackson, man. I mean, finding out today that the contract didn't get done. He's right. going to $23 million this year. I think Baltimore's making a huge mistake. I somewhat think Lamar's making a huge mistake by not getting this done ahead of time and going out there and play. We know what happened to Dak Prescott when he was kind of rolling the dice and thought he could stay healthy. He didn't. He still ended up getting the bag. But I was just hate to for that to happen to Lamar. He's a former MVP. I think this is a joke that it's taken so long to get this deal done. Uh, I, I don't like the way that they perceive Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. He's done everything and then some that he's been asked to do. And, uh, you know, he, he's the straw that serves the drink in Baltimore, and they need to figure that thing out. And now it looks like they're not going to figure it out until after the season. I think that that's a shame. And everything that you're saying is right, and that's why I was so appreciative when Patrick Mahomes came out and made the comments that he did during the preseason, which was about the way black quarterbacks were yep. perceived in the right. NFL. I mean – if there's one quarterback that deserves to get paid, one quarterback that wants to be loyal, proven to be loyal, one quarterback that we know that lays it all on the line every single game, it's Lamar Jackson. I was disappointed that they didn't get that deal done. Yeah, that was that was real disappointing. I, I really appreciated what Patrick Mahomes said, and it's so funny. As I'm doing different radio shows, I have guys fighting back and pushing back on me and say, Q, what are you talking about? Black quarterbacks are some of the highest paid in the league. And I was like, yeah, because they have to be. Yeah, They have to be because the next guy up is always going to get paid. So, yeah, don't give me because, oh, they got paid and a guy was willing to give money that they respect him as a quarterback. That doesn't necessarily mean it's not always money. It ain't always about money. It's about respect. Mm-hmm. They don't get the respect that they need. What do they say? What do they say back in the day? Money, power, respect? You know? Yeah, money, power, respect. Come on now. I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's the key to life. And, and <laughs> the, respect, the respect is not there more times than not. And that's what makes me upset. And that's what makes me upset about the Lamar Jackson. Man, hashtag hip-hop and sports. <laughs> What's the key to life? Money, power, yeah. respect. <laughs> you know it. Shoot. You know, I knew you would appreciate that. <laughs> Got a locks quote up in there today. Let's go. Let's yes, go. <laughs> hey, before we let you go, brother, go ahead. Talk about uh, locked on bets. What are you talking about as we head into the weekend? Well, I'll tell you, perfect, perfect uh, segue because we've been talking about the Raiders and Chargers. So let's talk about that. Okay. Game. The Chargers right now at home are three and a half point favorites. And uh, we called it a level three lock. And we said also it's a wrong team favorite. Uh, myself and Lee, we have uh, we have the Raiders winning this game by at least four. So uh, go ahead and don't worry about the points. The Raiders have won the last three season openers in a row. So have the Chargers. But the Raiders have done it three years in a row. And we believe they're going to do it for the fourth year in a row. So don't worry about the points. Take the Raiders. They're going to win the game outright. There you go. Your boy Q right there. CK on sports has been far too long, my friend. We got to keep this up now. The football season's back. Yes, sir. Whenever you need me, you give me a call. I'm there. All right, my man. Your boy Q, CK on Sports, Fox Sports Radio. I appreciate him as always jumping on with us. And it's about that time I get up out of here. We will see you tomorrow as we kick off that broadcast early from Bulldog Boulevard, Fresno State versus Oregon State. Get out there. Get your popcorn. You better be ready because it's going down inside Valley Children's Stadium. CK on Sports, have a fantastic day. See you. The Pag Meters next. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.